welcome to another episode of Yala. Bird. Yeah. Am I not supposed to be the one to say that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we didn't we didn't rehearse that. We didn't rehearse that. But yes, it is um, a very special episode of Yala But today because, as you know, you didn't hear Harish kicking off the podcast because today it's going to be just me, myself, Terence, with a very very special guest host, uh, someone who perennially is always at the top of our top podcast downloaded uh, on Yala But every time he's a guest. Um, we're talking about the one, the only, Mr. Rishi Budrani. What's going on, yes. Yala Butters, Yala yes, yes. Butt Cracks? What do you call your audiences? Yala Butters. Uh, yala Butters, Butters. Yeah, Butter. Yala Butters. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. I call you all Yala Butt Cracks. I yeah. didn't mean to do that. <laughs> butter, mean, la, butter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Butter yeah. is a smoother kind of like lubricant kind of uh, sounding kind of thing. But uh, yeah, yeah but, I mean, um, you know, I, I was just going to say that... Uh, you know, we usually it's it's Harish and myself, and this mm. time because Harish has you know he's busy with a, a few things like a few important things like his wedding, uh, <gasps> we, we felt like we needed to hold together the fort with the uh, the same racial mix, uh, the same same racial mix in our podcast. And we're thinking, who is a res- resident uh, Indian in the CMIO that we can reach out to? <laughs> hey, Terence, you know what's what's really weird about that? It's not just same racial and mm. ethnic preference. You've got the same dialect group also. <laughs> You've got another yeah. Cindy fella to replace your, your only Cindy friend. And yeah. I, I'm a, I'm grateful, bro. i got to say, you know, my, my arguably, aim is to take... Arguably also the better looking, better looking Cindy fella, lah, right? Wow, thanks, man. Wow, your, pa- your partner's going to hate this episode. I'll tell you that much, man. <laughs> He's like, no, what is, that, is this? Is that, I mean, um, I, I know that we've always talked about this. Like, there, there's always this, like, uh, I think within, within the Cindy community, there's a lot of, uh, there's always a lot of discussion about who's doing what and where are you in your life and all that. Like, like between yourself and Harish, have, have you ever had that kind of discussion, you know, comparing uh, how things are going, dick size, stuff uh, like that? <laughs> Wow, I don't know, man. Like, I think we come from a very different generation because, uh, and I've said this before, I think both of us were written off by the community because we didn't have our (laughs) own shop. (laughs) When you say shop, you mean mean like like tailoring tailoring shop? Like your own business or your own Uh, shop or your own thing, you know. I mean, uh, technically we kind of do, but it's in a different world, right? It's in Mm. show business, entertainment, where as you would know, it's not like uh, I mean your your lives are very public. Mm. Uh, so mm. are your failures and so are your successes. Yeah. Uh, and when you're coming up the ranks in show business, you sometimes gotta do some shit that you don't want to do, lah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we I'm sure we've all had our fair share of the community going, "Ayo, what are yeah. these boys doing? What do you mean <laughs> by dancing at people's wedding? Ayo, who will get married to you?" Yeah, but but speaking of uh, shit that. You don't want to do that, right? Uh, today, uh, we are actually, uh, Rishi has agreed to actually be a guest host on this podcast. We're going to talk about two really? topics. Yeah. We're going to talk about two <laughs> topics that, that um, current affairs like that are, uh, you know, maybe out of the, a bit of uh, out of the left field for, for Rishi. Like. I think, uh, you're, you're, you know, you're someone who's like, I think the last time we spoke to you, um, you've already attained this level of, uh, fame in Singapore in managing, I mean, in hosting the National Day Parade in Singapore. Lah. So there was a huge, you know, in, in Singapore, 
celebrity milestones, that's like a huge, huge step. Uh. So how has life been for you since NDP? What has changed and what, what hasn't changed? Oh, wow. Hey, thanks, man. I, it's been it's been a few months since I did NDP, you're right. Uh, yeah. it, I guess the biggest noticeable change is that a lot more elderly people stop me on the, uh, under the block nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> elderly. A lot of aunties, uncles. I'm assuming those are the only people who watch the parade this year. Like, I don't know. Elderly <laughs> people like children. Yeah. Children yeah. also, like primary school kids or kindergarten kids when I host live events now. And they happen to be there. So, you know, mm. the, maybe from this school is putting up this special performance. Yeah. And then they're like, hey, you're the NDP boy. I say, thank <laughs> you. And sometimes you kind of like, hey, uncle, are you the NDP host? I say, <laughs> uncle, your father. La, relax, la, la, ma. But do they come up to you like, uh, do you feel it's out of curiosity or they want to like take selfies with you or what, what is it? I guess there's a bit of both. Uh, I do mm. get a lot of uh, stuff positive generally uh, it, mm. it's I, ha- I haven't got any hate mail yet or okay. like any attacks in the middle of boat key yet but uh, I do get people coming up going uh, you know it's very positive for the community I've mm. heard that said a lot uh, you know and these are people from the Indian community regardless of so- South North Tamil Malayali Sindhi Punjabi whatever it is yeah. I've got people from all the Indian community coming up and saying you know, it's very nice to see you there it's good to see uh, you doing so well we follow your work since mm-hmm. you were I, and I mean dude you you, you know like we've all done that, that some kind of weird shit in our lives in showbiz yeah. like I was that dude 12 years ago selling mattresses mm. at the atrium of Plaza Singapura you know what I mean like mm. <laughs> and people know that they're like oh my god this fella used to sell LG TVs at the IT show <laughs> LG TVs what's that L- uh, LG TVs TVs <laughs> I thought you were like uh, like what well, he's selling what LGBT uh, making a reference to the news uh. no 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 <laughs> no it's but not uh, a concept that mm. you said communities uh. so I mean obviously there's the you know race element to it but also mm. just within the community of comedians I think you hosting NDP also felt like quite a big deal, right? If I'm not wrong. Uh, yeah, yes and no. I got <laughs> I got flagged from some of them going like, wow, <laughs> these fuckers sold out, man. I'm sold like, yo, out, come man. on, man. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, so, some of the comics have a different perception, but no, like, I, mm. it's, it's just comics giving each other shit to keep ourselves real and grounded, right? Because yeah, yeah. Um, no matter what you do, at the end of the day, uh, the, the bricks and bones of it is you got to get onto a live stage and make people laugh for mm. your shows. Mm. That's right. Sometimes, that's right. you know, a show like The Parade doesn't necessarily lend itself to that genre of entertainment. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But, uh, um, hey, but, but, but I've, I've pitched it. I mean, mm. full disclosure, man, at the after parties, I talked to the colonels and went, hey, how about, mm. you know, giving a, a Singaporean comedian five minutes mm. in front of the 25,000 people clean show. Mm. If you don't like it, we don't put it on TV. But if you like it, we consider TV for the next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there is an element of your your bringing uh, stand stand up comedy to the mainstream, right? I like to think that. I mean, uh, I I like I, I like a future in Singapore where mm. stand up could be a feature at NDP. You know, stand up for Singapore. Stand up for Singapore. For real. <laughs> Literally, and you have 
comedians lined up and we all do our sets and then we book our flights to migrate to Australia that same night on 9th of August. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, I mean, speaking of uh, stand-up for Singapore, Sola, I think uh, you're, you're someone who hasn't just been standing in the same position. Uh, sorry, I, I love these puns. Nice but, segue, yeah. bro. Nice segue. <laughs> but you literally, I think, if I'm not wrong, I saw on your social media, you've, you've also... Re- you recently just ran a uh, uh, is it was it a full marathon or a half oh, marathon uh, or something? Uh, but but you, you did some running challenge, uh, right? I did you, uh, ten it? kilometers, ten oh, kilometers shit. for the standard charted run. Ten kilometers, uh. okay. So so mm. standard chart mar- marathons usually what forty two kilometers, uh, right? So that's the full marathon, yeah. So so why 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 did you decide to do the ten km this year? Uh, well, in all honesty, they asked me uh, mm, if I wanted mm. to be one of the run ambassadors this year. Because, okay. I mean, I've been a bit on a f- fitness journey in 2022. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the the organizing team went, hey, Rish, you know, we've seen your stuff. You know, would you mm. be open to being a run ambassador? I'm like, yo, I don't mind, but I've never run more than like five, six click in my life. <laughs> okay. Uh, they're like, yeah, how about 21? I'm like, mm, maybe not. <laughs> uh, so they give you an uh, option. Uh, they give you options of how much you want to run. I mean, it, it, obviously when they called, the first call was, I could hear that they were like, hey, do the marathon. And then mm-hmm. when they heard me kind of putting all these uh, caveats, they were like, oh, okay, how about half marathon? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, no. How about like, half what else you the got? half marathon? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we negotiated down to a quarter. Okay, okay. Uh, but it's an official category. To, it's an official category yeah, of yeah, like yeah. 10 kilometers. 10 click. There were a few K people that I ran mm. with uh, on uh, Saturday morning on the 3rd of December. Yeah. So, like, was this another milestone uh, in a year full of milestones for you? Like, how, yeah, how big yeah, a deal it was, was it? It was a pretty big deal, man, for a variety of reasons, Terrence. Because uh, one, it was my final fitness goal of the year. Mm. And I jumped at the chance because you know november december typically is events time and it's very easy if you don't have any fitness goal to kind of just let go drink eat whatever Mm. you know you are at shows uh, and people want to get you drinks or like invite you to the buffet and if there's nothing to work towards sometimes Mm. i end up alcoholing or like eating rubbish um, so at least this time, you know, I knew that, ah, okay, bro, you, you got to have to run the first ever 10 kilometers in your life. So maybe yeah. you don't, ha- don't have that beer tonight. Yeah. So um, I mean, if, if, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but the, when you mentioned fitness goals earlier, one of them mm-hmm. was, uh, at the start of the year had a lot to do with the aesthetics of, uh, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, having a six pack and, 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 and being on a magazine, like, which has happened. A couple of times already this year, right? Um, uh, I think, yeah. Was, was there men's health? And then subsequently, was it GQ or, or, well, or what? So men's men's health uh, was the, the initial seed of the inspiration. But mm, okay. halfway through the journey, we realized men's health no longer prints in Singapore. <laughs> <laughs> you outlasted so, uh, men's health. Yeah. We were like, oh, okay, let, no, let's just do it anyway and see what happens. So we did Straits Times, mm, mm, uh, mm. the Fit and Fab column. Yeah. Uh, then, then Yahoo Fitspo came knocking. We did that, mm-hmm. and uh, this is this was the the one that completely took me out of left off. Of, I mean, just took me by surprise, right? Yeah. Because I I thought I completed all my visual fitness goals of the year. Yeah. And I'm shooting this TV show in London with CNA, mm-hmm. and I'm kind of 
and it was a pretty hectic schedule because we went to Korea first and then we went to London and it was all within like uh, a few weeks apart. Yeah. And I'm putting everything in my body from like, you know, soju to uh, fish and chips to ciders and uh, ev- everything else you can think like, okay. Mm. And on the last week of the shoot, I get a call from Esquire magazine. Ah, Esquire. Going, hey, Rishi, what's up? You know, uh, we're thinking of featuring you on the cover of uh, the magazine. I'm like, that's bloody amazing. When? Mm. And they are like, oh, okay. Uh, it's next week. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> huh? And then I'm like, whoa, whoa, wait. What do you mean next week? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, what's the theme? And they're like, the theme mm. is body. <laughs> <laughs> And I had this fucking like fish and chips in my head and the cider and the other. I said, look, if the theme is anybody, then I'm there, you know. <laughs> but if it's body, I kind of need some time, you know, it's not going to happen in a week. Yeah. And then we kind of negotiated back and forth and I spoke to EJ, my trainer. I'm like, yo, what, what do you think, man? He's like, first of all, get the fuck out of there, get a salad, you know. Um <laughs> And uh, let's try to get two weeks in so we can kind of figure something out. So we spoke to the magazine and they were like, okay, you know, the max we can do is like 13 days or what. So yeah. from the time I landed uh, to the time I shot, I dropped uh, seven kilos for the shoot. Oh, shit. That's like, you're yeah. like, almost like you're doing a boxing match where you're like cutting weight to try and hit a certain yeah, limit or something. It was it was horrible, man. I mean, and it's not like, I mean, you see the final shots, it's not like I even had to get into like ripped shape or what. I just had to like not, uh, I just had to look like my regular self presentable. Yeah. Wow. Because I had been let, letting go for a while, you see. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, the, the images turned out great. You know, I was the first uh, Singaporean uh, feature Wait, but, but, on um, uh, this year's ki- uh, yeah, seven kilograms in in thirteen days is pretty crazy. Yeah. Like, what what was the big the big thing that you did to achieve the seven the kilograms? Big, so, I guess because uh, of the past years foundation I've had with fitness, right? Like mm. the I kind of know the body, and as long as I cut out alcohol, as yeah. long as I um, cut out junk from my diet, uh, and I start doing some decent amount of cardio daily. Yeah. Uh I actually start to drop weight pretty fast. Really? Seven kilograms. That's a lot of alcohol that to the Yeah, that you cut <laughs> <laughs> alcohol. I mean look, alcohol, rice, dessert, sweet, sugar. I was I mean, I'm talking about I was eating a lot of junk, man. Yeah, yeah. Like walking down London, you see like, oh Italian, let's go in or, oh Turkish or kebabs, yeah, let's do a two AM kebab because I feel like it, you know. I I I just had to cut all of that out, get disciplined with the food and do a bit of cardio and yeah. uh, it was okay. I mean, I wouldn't recommend doing it too often, lah, but this oh, was oh. the requirement at the time. But then after that, there, then there was this 10-kilometer run that you're training for, lah, right? Or was this yeah, like, yeah. You, really, you, you didn't even need to train, you just like ready to go from day one, really? Oh, no, dude. I, I, I've never done 10 before, mm-hmm. right? So I had to progressively increase 5, 6, 7, 8, 10. Yeah. And actually... Uh, I was quite fortunate that I came out unscathed. Unscathed. <laughs> Injury f- injury-free generally. So mm. I normally have problems with my hamstring or my calf or my ankle or my knee, but all that was okay. You know what is the one thing that got screwed up? What? 
I had bleeding nipples through the run, man. <laughs> what the fuck? It's the abrasion, abrasion from your 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 yeah. shirt, right? <laughs> Nipple chafing, dude. Like I didn't even expect that, and I'm like, I didn't even realize it until we finished the 10k, and then one of the other runners went, "Hey, why, why are your tits bleeding?" I'm like, oh. "Ha, good joke." And I look down, I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> was it like cold or something?" That's why it got even worse. I don't know, dude. It's never happened to me before, so I I was really supremely surprised. And maybe it's you know wearing a new material shirt and all that. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. No, that, that happened a lot to me in the army. Uh, but that mm. was because of the army uniform. Uh, from from running, I, I hear yeah. like, yeah, I guess if you got big, uh, you got big pecs, you got big pecs and all, it, it makes, makes it a harder problem for you. So the, the yeah, visual man. element of your fitness probably also made, made it running harder, basically. Right? Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, lesson learned, uh, you know, I mean, put some Vaseline on your boobies. <laughs> or just go shirtless. If you're, right. Shirtless cannot lah, bro. Is you know, I'm not. Re- I'm not there yet, lah. I mean, hopefully, <laughs> at some point, <laughs> I can get there. But this is a public service announcement that all of you thinking of running long distances, you know, put some Vaseline on your nipples. <laughs> Maybe that's a, otherwise, that's the next thing. Yeah. That's the next thing you'll be the ambassador for, lah. After after the stand chart run, the next thing is Vaseline. Vaseline will reach out Vaseline. to you. <laughs> it was so embarrassing, bro. Because can you imagine, like, you know, there are other people going up to the medical tent for like. Crab or like I, I I fell down here or what? I go there. I I got my blood coming out of my nipples and uh, and all the nurses and the volunteers were just like, uh, "Hey, you host National Day." <laughs> and you're trying and to tell them became, about your bleeding nipples. I'm like, yeah. Can we focus, please? You know. Yeah, yeah. And then the well, doc, the doctor is like, "Oh no, no, don't worry. This is very common." Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just it's what's the treatment? What's the treatment? Like, just they just give you Vaseline, that's all. Or no, they, did say, they put plaster I, on it or what? Yeah, they just put like a dry gauze. Oh, okay, so I okay. had like squarey shaped uh, <laughs> nip- nipples under my shirt for a while. They gave me a new T-shirt, thankfully. Um, yeah, man, it was it was a pretty wild weekend, I won't lie. Okay, a lot of things that have never happened before I had okay. to deal with that. Wow, that's yeah. that's, that's a pretty I, crazy weekend, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and uh, just just to finish up this, this mm. story, like why mm. why why I agreed to do it also was, uh, and I think we've spoken about this before. One of the inspirations or one of the reasons I wanted to continue or start taking care of my health uh, was, you know, I was in a bad mental state because I lost my mm. best friend, right? Yeah. And uh, one of the themes for this year's uh, marathon standard chartered runs was go beyond mm, mm. and uh, 3rd December happened to be that friend's birthday mm, I see so what I suggested was like hey you know what can I can my theme because everyone was like go beyond your mental capacity mm. go beyond your own whatever and I'm like yo can I just say go beyond the limits of your friendship so mm. I roped in like 5 friends who've never done it before so Mm, and I mm. tested the limits of our friendship. Like I said, okay, guys, <laughs> wake up at four thirty. <laughs> How many of you are on for it? Let's do it for our buddy, lah. So yeah, man. I mean, five of us completed it. All, all, all of whom have never done it like that before. Uh, and it was, it was a beautiful morning, man. You know, we went mm. out to eat some pratas after. <laughs> so, so I mean, yeah, like, it sounds, sounds like it was a. A good way to also uh, do something to commemorate your 
your friendship with uh, yep. your buddy and, and, and also for the others also get together and, and actually do something physical together, yeah. right? 100%, man. The feeling's different. It reminded us of the old days where, we, you know, we were younger and playing football on Sunday mornings. You, you know, you can't sleep or you yeah. can't rest after that because of the adrenaline. Uh, kind of. I mean, I'm I'm glad everyone stepped up and did it, man. It was generally a, apart from like bleeding nipples, it was <laughs> yeah. pretty pretty cool weekend. That's cool. That's cool. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we we will we'll talk a bit more about what you've been up to since sure. uh, NDP and all as well. There's one, uh, but I know that people also want to know your thoughts about a couple of these topics that we're going to talk about, lah. So um, yes, sir. It's the usual, the usual format for Yellow Bud is we find one serious topic and one slightly goofier topic, and we just talk about different viewpoints about it. And so the mm-hmm. serious topic that we're actually going to talk about today is a recent study that um, has revealed that university graduates earn almost more than double uh, of of uh, of people with just IT or secondary education. So this is a very recent study that was um, done by a professor, associate professor Irene Ng of NUS, uh, mm-hmm, who is mm-hmm. literally doing this study to understand about what the wage premium of a university degree is compared to other um, other qualifications. Uh. Because uh, mm-hmm. you know, you know, there's a very big discussion about uh, paper qualifications in Singapore, and Lawrence Wong mm-hmm. saying that uh, Singaporeans we don't value hard work as opposed to to you know the the brain work right so mm-hmm. this this statistic of uh you know university median pay being 4200 versus 2000 for uh, ITE or uh, secondary education that that mm. this statistic literally jumps out at us saying yes Lawrence Wong was right you know Singaporeans mm-hmm. we don't we overvalue paper qualifications um mm-hmm. but just hearing the headline like this right without going into all the details uh, What's the most immediate mm-hmm. thing that, that that comes to your mind? It's increased uh, since I graduated. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, four thousand two sounds like really high. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I'm like what? <laughs> and, and just to, to just to be to be clear, what what do you study? What do you study? Uh, I was a I was a communications graduate from NTU, so mm. a mm. school of uh, communications and information. Yeah, yeah. And back in the um, day, like if you heard someone graduated and had a job with four thousand two hundred dollars, that would be a pretty fucking like kick ass job, right? Yeah, dude. I would I, I was offered a job of that amount well, cl- a bit more than that, mm. uh upon graduation, but I had to literally sell my weekends for it. Oh really? I, well what, I what industry I was, was that? This was in the training industry. It oh, was okay, uh, okay. to basically coach uh uh, students on study skills and memory uh, skills I see, I see. Uh, and I was doing part time during the uni and when I graduated the boss was like yo why don't you come work for me full time mm-hmm. you do a five day week uh, and I'll pay you double the and I think at that time the starting salary of uni grads I'm talking about like 2009 or so yeah. was maybe two plus maybe two three yeah. two five around yeah. there something Sounds like that right. yeah. and uh, this guy offered me nearly double double uh, but it but I had to work Saturdays and Sundays. Mm, mm, so you, and, you actually okay. rejected it. I well, it's interesting what happened because my girl, my then girlfriend and my current wife, mm. current wife as though there's a future wife. <laughs> shit, bro, <laughs> I'm digging a hole for myself on Yala butt. 
damn. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, she was like, you know, uh, she's like Rishi. I understand this sounds like an attractive offer. Mm. Okay, and it's probably a, a good financial decision. But just remember, if you take this job up, it's very likely that you will get sucked into it, and mm. you will not have time to do any of these things that you uh, dream of. Yeah, you know, whether it's to do your MC work, your acting work, and uh, yeah, man, she was spot on because. A lot of times, these high salaries that you mm, get mm. Uh, are the cost of selling your dreams. Mm, mm, wow, that's very poor thing. So that's that's what you're thinking when you see when you see yeah, the median pay what, is like four thousand two hundred for uni grads now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Imagine like from where to where. I I, I guess it, it's 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 a it's a valid concern, right? Because mm, mm. in Singapore, we we do have. Uh, that that focus on on growth and economic growth mm. and how survival and growth is linked largely to you know economics. Yeah, but but isn't there like um, you know um, isn't there an element of this that you make a sacrifice? You know, when you go to mm. university as well, you make a sacrifice in terms of uh, you know the cost of education. Um, mm. going, you know, spending three years or four years study studying really in depth in one topic, and basically, you know, trying to pass exams and everything. So, is, is do you think that justifies the premium that uh university graduates get over, you know, A level or ITE, ITE mm. uh graduates? Uh? Mm, yeah, I guess uh, th- that's definitely a way to look at it. You know, mm. like you've spent, I don't know, uh, what the cost is now, maybe mm, 40, mm. 50 grand on a local education. Or if you go overseas and you, you know, you paid half a million dollars for education and yeah. you expect that I uh, should be paid at least this much. Um, but there's also a barrier to entry, right? There's also, mm. you need to have gotten a certain amount of grades to qualify for university. Yeah, yeah. There's also, you need to be able to afford university education. Mm. Uh, and I think, fortunately or unfortunately, these these uh, issues are very real. You know, there are people who may have done pretty decently in, in school, mm. whether it's in the poly or in the colleges or whatever, and they really want to pursue a university degree, but simply cannot afford it yeah right yeah and i think there are student loans available but then again yala you are you are tied down to that for a few years mm, mm. i mean I, I can't speak for for uh other industries that right but for our industry in the media industry um it does feel it does feel to me like the university uh premium would be would be it sounds a bit big like compared to you know someone who with a, dipl- a diploma holder or or A level IT graduate because a lot of a, a lot of our work, a lot of what we're paid for in our industry is actually experience, right? So mm-hmm. spending time actually working, uh, you know, on the ground and everything, is actually a lot more valuable than than uh, someone you know studying about media, and and all these things, But is that is that how you feel about it? Like like when you see uh, two comedians, one has a uni degree mm. and one doesn't. Mm. Is there a difference mm. in perception of, of how funny they are or, or how interesting they are? Wow. Man, that's a deep question, man. Um, well, I'll give you, I'll give you examples. Mm-hmm. Right, come off the top of my head. Uh, 
someone like Ronnie Chang, for example. Yeah. Like Ronnie Chang is a double degree holder in law and finance, I think. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, two, two, two degrees. Uh, mm. And I think it, it kind of shows not just, I mean, in my opinion, it kind of yeah. shows not just in his work on stage, mm. but in his work off stage. Mm. Business and law, maybe, sorry. Um, because, you know, someone like him perhaps has that business acumen to mm. be able to take your career to a, a different level. Yeah. Uh, because of, maybe because of what you know and the amount of time you've spent studying a certain thing or sometimes it's not even what you learn in the classroom and mm. I genuinely believe this I think a lot of uh, what I learned in university or varsity education has mm. been outside of the classroom like what mm. you just said you know is that experience it is that uh, uh, that that on the job training yeah. uh, that academia can't always give you Yeah, it's almost as though what we have bought is time mm. to get better at what we do as opposed mm. to just a grade or just a degree. Mm. Um, and I think that's the beauty of varsity education, right? The flexibility of it allows you to uh, learn so many things if you can be bothered. Mm. Uh, if you can be bothered to get out of the classroom and go and sign up for this course or meet this person or ask mm. this question from this other professor or join this other group or do that minor. Yeah. Um, I think it just gives you time to learn. Mm. How you learn is really up to you. Mm. I think something, yeah, that's something I, I, I think I agree with very much or so that uh, especially in Singapore because of NS, right? And uh, mm. you start seeing what, or oh, when you're army, you start, you know, you start getting a, a, an allowance and then you start seeing what regulars are earning and all that. And then you start, you know, the inevitable feeling, oh, you know, shouldn't I be out there earning money and all that? Mm. It does creep yeah. up. Um, so when you actually go to university, it actually is the antithesis of all that. Like, you literally stop, I mean, not say stop, like, but you, you, you know, you, you're surrounded by people who, whose job is to just sit there and think and write papers all day. You know, you're meeting professors, you're meeting other other very driven um, driven uh, acad academics and all that. And that just mm. puts you in an environment where it kind of like, um, yeah, gives you space and time to like really think about what you want to do, like, right? Uh, and, and also at a time when your your brain is just probably, you're, you're starting to mature and stop, not just thinking about like, oh, you know, where's the place, where's the, well, what do I do this weekend? Am I going to party and mm. things like that, shit like that? La. So, mm, mm. you know, just having that space is important. La. And then being surrounded by people who, you know, maybe they're not entirely motivated by just like, oh, what, what's the biggest paycheck I can get, you know, from mm. from whatever job I do. So so that to me was the a big value of the education, uh, just being in that environment and, and um, yeah, just having time to, to figure things out. La. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. for you, like, like, would you say, it was formative for you in like your, you know, pursuing comedy and, and entertainment, the, those university oh, yeah. years. 100%, man, 100%. Like there were things that I ended up doing mm. directly or indirectly that led me on the path that I'm on today. Yeah. Uh, one of those things being uh, my internship, for example, that was set mm. up by the university. I spent six months in a media production company uh, mm. that was at the forefront of HD content at the time. They were the first uh, producers of HD content for Singtel Mio. Yeah, yeah. 
And uh, I was doing everything lah, from like camera assistant to sound to editing to PA to eventually mm. convincing the boss to let me host something uh, as see, a live event. Just also having and, that having that that opportunity, even just to pitch that 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 was valuable, lah, right? Being in the oh position. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and again, I don't think it's something that you are told like in a classroom that, hey, you go, you better ask for this. Huh? You better yeah. make sure that you request. No, it's kind of you go and then you are thrown into this, this melee of, you know, some professionals, some amateurs. You learn mm. things about office politics. You learn things about power. Yeah. You learn, you learn how easily you can get screwed over. Mm-hmm. You, yeah, yeah. I mean, and we all we all have seen that, lah. You know, I, 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 I took some hard knocks, hard hits. Fell sick also during my internship, yeah. and by the end of it, I had clarity mm. about not maybe not hundred percent what I wanted to do, but I had clarity of exactly what I didn't want to do, mm. and mm. that was production <laughs> for uh, let me uh, but not just that okay there was production for content that I was not stimulated by uh, I see I see okay. which at the time and I'm talking about uh, like you know 2007 or 2008 around there mm. there wasn't like you know comedy content or what going out it was just you know regular stuff yeah. and I realized that if I'm not stimulated by the content I cannot be doing any of these things Especially the joy out of life behind behind the camera doing all be, that behind the camera behind the scenes yeah, stuff yeah. Like, right if it was if it was, it was, it was, it was if, if you're being if you're being paid to host something I think that's a, also a different story like, right and that was a revelation man yeah, yeah, the, yeah and I got I got told a lot like, like even during the internship there mm. were producers you know when when some producers would be like actually you know you should you should try this intern Rishi out you know mm. he he's quite funny you know and he can you know engage people you know? then yeah. Literally to my face, the head producer said, "Yeah, but the host needs to be good looking, ah." Mm. <laughs> and then now you can yeah. go up to this person and then show them your Esquire, your Esquire magazine spread. Send them a signed copy. <laughs> no, no. I mean, it, look, it's it's, dude, it's TV, right? And people are brutal, and all those things that you know I went through kind of set me up for having a bit of thick skin in the long run, lah. Which you need. Yeah if you are in this industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also like, um, so, okay, so broadly speaking, if mm. a young, uh, you know, 16, 17 year old guy comes up to you and says, I want to be mm. like, you know, I want to be uh, like you in like mm. 10 years time, you know, I want to be a stand-up mm. comedian. I want to be, uh, you know, hosting and, 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 and doing mm. a lot of uh, uh, different interesting shows in the media industry. Should mm. I be going to university now? What would you say to mm. that, that kid? Mm, I would say you don't have to. Don't you don't have, have to. to unless, yeah, you don't have to unless you've got the luxury of uh, time, A, mm, mm. and B, unless you are really, really curious about what uni life is about. Mm, mm. I mean, I And this I is guess, different, this is mm. kind of different from what you were saying earlier about your experience back then, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Like, because I guess in my situation, uh, mm. I was, I guess I was both. I was a extremely curious about what 
varsity life was about. And I came from the college. I didn't even go to poly. Mm, mm. So the last school I had was, you know, uniforms and stuff. So the the appeal of trying to go to a place where you had a bit more freedom to learn. And of yeah. course, you don't, I mean, this is in retrospect. La. I mean, back mm-hmm. then, I just want to go uni, you know, yeah. meet girls, hang out, <laughs> party, you know, make so friends. So all, all that was travel. checked. La. You checked those boxes already. That's why. I, I did. Yeah. I mean, it was, it, uh, yeah, it was, it was a great time. Like I, I got a chance to go on exchange also, for example. Mm-hmm. I spent like, you know, uh, a semester in New York in this college called Ithaca. Oh, wow. Which was, again, I was privileged to be able to do it. Mm -hmm. It's not something that, I mean, they pick like two students out of each batch. Yeah. Uh, And to get into the uni also was, the course at the time was, everybody says it's damn popular. They only take a batch of 150 kids or what. Mm -hmm. So I was, I guess I was very lucky along the way, you know, that, these little things kind of fit here and there. Mm. I was lucky that um, I, I mean, like, for example, other other <laughs> other exchange students, they will fly to New York and then they will stay in, you know, expensive individual garden apartments, mm. and then they will hang out with other Asian kids. Yeah, uh, but my experience was totally different because I mean, I didn't have that kind of money to spare. Mm, right, mm. I didn't want to go to my folks and go like, "Hey, you think I could get some extra cash to kind of you know stay in an expensive apartment in the U.S.?" No lah, I mean, it didn't make sense to me. I was, and by then I was, um, you know, making a bit of just doing side jobs to side mm. hustle. I was teaching drama in schools to kids. Yeah, I was teaching Bollywood dance classes. <laughs> Bollywood uh, dance classes. Uh, yeah, dude. I mean, Clementi Primary was one of the best uh, Bollywood dance cohorts we ever did. Wow. I mean, so I was doing all this side hustle and I uh, had a bit of cash to spend mm. on, you know, on like uh, beers in the States. Uh, but I did live in like the cheapest triple dorm white trash yeah. apartments in in, in, uh, in the uh, on the campus. Mm. Mm. Uh and because of that, I got to meet a lot of like proper, <laughs> proper American kids, lah. Like you know, yeah, proper American kids who were you know, f- uh, who were winning the war on underage drinking and uh, <laughs> substance abuse against the campus police. <laughs> yeah, so, but but yeah, so all this sounds like a lot of fun and uh, very formative experience for you. So why wouldn't you recommend, uh, you know, a, a young hungry comedian to? To want to experience all that as well, la. I I guess because you can do it without having to go to uni, a. Eh? Mm, uh, mm. but that's why the 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 disclaimer I put is you you must be damn bloody curious, mm. and you must really want to do it, lah. Like yeah, I really yeah, wanted yeah. to do it. I really like you know I've always thought about what uh, over what college life in the states would be like. Mm-hmm. I've always thought about um, what you know being a filmmaker would be like and at the time based on the route by the time I thought about it for example like if you know what you want to do in secondary mm. school yeah and yeah go to the poly man like if you're damn sure you want to do media or if you want to do film or if you are into that world or what mm. yeah maybe it's easier I didn't know you see I wasn't mm. sure I was still so, kind of str- struggling to figure it out it gave you it gave you time to 
figure that out, try a few things on the side, and 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 then I will ultimately know what you didn't want to do, that right? Yeah, I think that's a big deal, and a lot of people struggle because people say, hey, you know, young people especially, you know, they're like, oh, you know, what's your ambition? What do you want to yeah. do when you grow up? I'm like, you know, if it, it's it's a win if you know what you don't want to do. Like through college, I realized I'm not going to be a doctor, I'm not going to be an engineer, I'm probably mm. not going to be some kind of like. Uh, some kind of software dude or what? Mm. I did. I did apply to law school and I did go for the interview in the mm. middle of field, uh, field camp. <laughs> and then, every yeah, with like camo in my eyes. I remember there was one other. How did that? It was uh, horrible, man. Like within the first, uh, it was like a three-hour thing. You know, you sit down with a bunch of lawyers. They talk to you about world affairs, legal issues. <laughs> Then you go out and you do some essay and I remember distinctly thinking by the time I had come out and I started sitting down for the essay, yeah, I had tucked out my shirt and <laughs> unbuttoned my top button and just kind of went, fuck this, man. I don't care anymore. Ain't Done happening. Law school. <laughs> but uh, that means, that means, uh, yeah, I, 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 I mean, I, hearing what you say is true. Yeah, I, I'm just glad... Uh, you're not advising people to yeah, lah, skip university and, and you know be a TikToker instead or anything like that. Lah. Or put oh, yourself do, no, don't do that, man. Don't <laughs> don't look, don't make that mistake of thinking, <clears throat> Oh, dude, this is so important that you brought that up because yeah. I think I sound like an old hag right now, but I watched this clip on TikTok ironically. Yeah. <laughs> of uh <laughs> Of uh of Tom Hanks and Robert De Niro mm-hmm. and and, and J B Fox and a few of these dudes in showbiz talking about what they wish they knew when they were younger, mm. and two things stuck out. Right, Robert De Niro said, "Look, just stay calm. Mm. Like w- whatever good's happening in your life, just stay calm. Take it. Be grateful for it, but keep mm. working hard. Don't don't think that you're." Like, oh, this is it. Look at me, man. I'm yeah. the fucking TikToker with 8 million followers or whatever. Yeah. Like, because he says, you know, I've seen people come, I've seen people go. Mm-hmm. The most important thing we all got to realize is that nobody is indispensable, mm-hmm. especially in show business. Yeah. Uh, and I was just having this conversation with someone earlier today before I met you about mm-hmm. how comedy, being a stand-up comedian, constantly reminds you of that right because if you are any other kind of celebrity mm. whether you're an actor a pop star rapper whatever it is right or maybe maybe rappers a bit differently actor pop star musician yeah uh if you get big right mm. if you blow up yeah there is a chance you can be hot for a long time mm even if the current work you're putting out is not as sexy or not as amazing as, you know, your, the work that blew you up, you still probably have enough fans to kind of take you through, make your millions and all that yeah. shit, right? But with a comedian, you are mm. literally only as good as your the last, last. live show. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, if you're a famous comedian, yeah, maybe the fans will give you 10 minutes up front. Mm-hmm. To go like, oh my god, this is oh, I'm so happy he's here. Yeah. Oh yeah, I love it. But for the other 50, 60 minutes, you better have some fucking jokes, man. Mm. You you better still make me laugh because otherwise, a I'm gonna tell people your shit, and yeah. b I'm not coming back. Yeah, it's a it's a quite a relentless work ethic you gotta have. 
as a comedian. Uh. Yeah, like, like you can't you can't just rest on like one hour of content that you created five years ago and just rehash it every man. single day. But, yeah, but I mean, yeah, 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 that 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 does bring up the point, like, cause, uh, yeah, when even when Harish and I sometimes when you go to schools to talk, there are kids that come up to us and like literally are asking us, you know, uh, I, I'm thinking of dropping out of school. Are you guys oh, open? Shit. For, are you guys open for internships and all that? I'm like, whoa. <laughs> The, our message no, here isn't nah. to just drop out of school and, and, <laughs> and just fucking put all your eggs in the YouTube or TikTok basket. Like. It's like, all these things are just, they're, they're platforms, uh, they're tools, you know, to help you reach mm. audiences. But ultimately, it's it's a long-term game and, and you got to be very sure that you want to like like run this full 42-kilometer marathon before mm. you, 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 you know, throw everything into that basket. Uh. So I, I, I do worry that, you know, um, that sometimes the message gets lost when we when, yep. when when I tell people, oh, you don't necessarily need a degree to do what we're doing. But mm. uh, you know, you know, there's a hurt to, you know, sometimes have more time to think about whether whether this is exactly what you want to do as well, right? Yeah, yeah. No, you you're absolutely right there, man, Terrence, because I think at the end of the day, if we can um kind of convey the message of investment mm, mm. to the youth, yeah, right? At the end of the day, a university degree should not seem like a box you got to tick in order to get a job. Mm, but mm. what it really is, in my opinion, for people who have successfully benefited from a varsity education, is that it is an investment in yourself. Mm, mm, that's right. Whether it's that time or whether it is money that you had to take a loan for or some of us, I mean, like I was very fortunate that my... Uh, parents were able to afford uh, mm. a university education. You know, yeah. uh, I, I of course I did my best to make sure I got into a local uni so the hit wasn't as hard. Mm. Uh, and I think for, <laughs> I think for my dad that was the biggest deal because uh, at the time a lot of his friends or whatever you know we were surrounded by. It was a bit of a trend lah, that, oh, I'm sending my son to London to study. I'm sending mm. my daughter to US to study. And back then, that would be easily like 250 grand, 300 grand out, mm. Mm. you know. And I brought that down like 20 grand yeah. to go to <laughs> NTU <laughs> by bus number 179 from Boonle MRT, you know, like... And I think that's the first time I saw love in my dad's eyes for me. <laughs> He's like, wow, my son, well done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there, there is that. Yeah, there is that. I think you, what you're saying is very true la, about the, the idea of uh, an investment in yourself. Um, mm. Somehow it will it will find a way to, you know, pay you back in the future, but it might be, it might not be immediate. La, and then you might feel like you might feel like oh there's an opportunity cost to go to university but there is the element of investing in yourself that, that people don't think about uh, so yeah, yeah you know it's a 100% man yeah it's a, the, the, the message I, I always give kids is you know, stay in school mm. Uh, mm. you know until you're very once you complete your degree yeah, then, then come and talk to us and, and all that uh, yeah 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 no I mean look it's and, and, and then added uh, added uh, what's the word uh, ill mm. uh, added in inspired thought that I yeah. had very recently when I was doing I mean essentially when I was doing this this new show Can I yeah. Make You a Suit Mate which yeah. is based on my dad's a bit based on my dad's life loosely yeah. he never had a chance to study or like go beyond sec 
to education because of his mm. family circumstances. Mm-hmm. So I always say, you know, if if you are in a situation where you have the privilege and the uh, the benefit of education, mm. oh, please take it. Mm. Take it because mm. there's there's nothing quite like it, lah. And and I don't mean like you know, or uh, just go to class, books, just drown yourself in books, and, mm. and just do whatever the lecturer says. No, I mean like learn, like literally, be open to learning almost yeah. anything, yeah. and uh, that will really that that will broaden your horizon so much because beyond everything else forget mm. the books forget the class the lessons the formula whatever what you will find is that you're essentially learning about yourself mm. Mm. that is really what, true you know what you are good at what you are bad at what kind of life you want to lead answers to personal questions yeah. and I wish for everyone uh, that you know you find that find that one thing that comes incredibly easy to you mm, and mm. work incredibly hard at mm, that thing. Mm, mm, that's right. I think most, yeah, most people who are successful, I think that is the the thing they do. Like, look at Jordan, right? Jordan's a good basketball player. He enjoyed it. Mm. But he also fucking used to like, you know, ignore everybody and wake up at four o'clock and squeeze in an extra practice every day before the whole team is awake. Mm-hmm. Yes, you're talking about like uh, uh, just learning how to you know work on your strengths and uh, and and applying that to uh, you know the stuff that you're also the most interested in in those years yeah. that you're discovering, like, right? Yeah, because yeah, you, yeah. I mean, we've all met people who are supremely hardworking, mm, mm. but they all always complain or they are unhappy, unhappy with yeah. where they are. You're like, yeah, Alama, why are you working so hard? I still can't. Maybe <laughs> you're working hard at the wrong thing, right? Yeah, yeah, correct, correct. And, and then we also meet those lazy geniuses mm, mm, who are so good. You're like, oh my God. And yeah. like, whether it's um, in the world of uh, Entertainment or sport, yeah. Yeah. or even in you know in uh, research or whatever, you will see people. Oh my yeah. god! If only this person were to put in a bit of effort, oh, yeah. the sky's the limit. I, th- I think Ricky Gervais himself has said it before that uh, the one of the reasons he started so late in comedy at thirty eight and all because at mm-hmm. thirty eight years old was because he had that that he had that approach uh, where he was he felt like he was smart enough to get by. To do the minimum and mm. get by, so that's how he basically led his life, uh, and just realized and just thought, oh, you know, if I, yeah, I'm, I'm smart enough, I don't have to work that hard. But as long as I can, mm. you know, keep keep a roof over my head and all, I, I'm 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 happy la. And and now he looks back at that and he looks back back at it with disgust la, that you know the attitude that when you are given uh, a privilege or you're given a certain talent or ability when you're not maximizing it or, or trying to maximize it. That's a a real disservice to not only yourself but the world, right? Yeah, oh, hundred yeah. percent, dude. That yeah, that yeah. makes so much sense. You are you are just wasting it, and again, it's not just selfish towards mm. yourself; it's selfish to the world. Because imagine yeah. how much more you could do and how much change you could bring to society if you just applied yourself Correct. to what you were good at. So, Damn. so that's a perfect segue because I think you've touched so many lives. 
when you became the host of NDP, as we were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> no, la, please, la, checking bro. Checking boxes, checking the box and, and, and hitting milestones. Because I, I do want to also, I think uh, we're not just here to talk about news affairs, but also just to find out what have you been up to uh, creatively and all uh, since since NDP? Because uh, we, we, I mean, we know the magazine spreads the six pack, the, the marathon. I mean, running the quarter marathon, quarter marathon. Yeah. But creatively, what have you been up to? You you mentioned a little bit uh, earlier about the the show that you did. Um, maybe you want to talk about that yeah. first or, or, or whatever sure, else you've sure. been up to. I guess chronologically, the week of mm. NDP, I yeah. re-ran my stand-up special Exposed. Mm. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Uh, I had done it in June, which yeah. kind of uh, covered some of my experiences, you know, exposing mm. the behind the scenes of the parade and all that. Yeah. Uh, and I chose to rerun the show the week of the parade. So the parade was on a Tuesday night. I did two shows Friday, Saturday. Mm. Uh, I had a blast, you know. Uh, it was pretty freaking amazing to be well, able to close off. Was it? But there was there yeah. a specific reason you ran it so close to the show. Usually, people after a big show like NDP, you'd want to like, just chill for at least a couple of weeks, right? But for you, you just squeezed in the show right after. I I feel like uh, whatever I do in life, right, and maybe mm. this is something that I've developed over the past decade. Whatever I do in life, whether it's mm. within the realm of show business or outside of it, I got to come back to a stand up comedy stage to process it. Mm-hmm. Okay. whether it's something traumatizing whether it's something positive whether it's something life-changing or whether it's something banal you know whatever mm. it is i bring it back to a to a live comedy stage and mm. i uh, turn it into jokes <laughs> mm, I and see, i, I felt ndp was one such uh momentous occasion in my life yeah and i didn't and i felt like yeah if i Talk about NDP a month after NDP, you know, mm. it might be like ah, it might still be in my system, and I wanted to get it out and f- and close the chapter on that uh, those few weeks of my life, you know. And I thought that the best way to do it was I had the theater. I mean, they they were available. Yeah, uh, we had two full shows. Mm-hmm. Um, we had new audiences come in who had never mm. seen me before because of NDP, for example. Because of NDP, so there was a spike in in the in the interest as well. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some clips from um, like the rehearsals went viral, or the preview shows went viral. For example, mm-hmm. uh, which, wait, which ones? We, which ones went viral? So there was someone who came for a preview. I think three weeks before the main show, where I go around talking to the audience, right? Yeah, yeah. And then there was some some girl who said that uh, I said, "What are you grateful for?" And she said, "I'm grateful for chicken rice. Where are my Gen Zs? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I it was just ridiculous. That. I mean, all this is unplanned, lah, right? Unplanned yeah. to the extent that you know, you I don't know oh, exactly how it's gonna go when I mm. go up there because I get to spend like two minutes with these people before we go live. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes less. Mm. Uh, so someone else is vetting them to make sure they are not, you know, out there to sabotage and suddenly put some random or like show middle finger on live TV or what. So, <laughs> which has happened before, right? <laughs> which has happened, man. So it could have gone either way, but yeah. So that that was one that went viral, and then yeah. the week of NDP, we were pretty much almost sold out in the last few tickets. So I think again, people watch, and then there was a bit of a spike mm. uh, towards the end. So it it was just. It was great like, to be able to process it all. And then I used to get questions, you know, like, oh, fuck this guy. Uh. 
this guy is hosting the parade there, coming out and then making fun of the girl <laughs> who's like, bro, what the fuck? How is he? I mean, and I said, look, I mean, this is part of who we are, right? Like, yeah, yeah. You didn't, you didn't come to watch some like sanitized corporate show. You came to watch a show called Exposed. Yeah. That's how it is, you know. I did it's, perform for the president. I, yeah. Do, do I you did, reserve uh, seats for, do you reserve any seats for like the the planning, the NDP planning committee as well to come, to come by and watch you? <laughs> The uh, yes, the he head <laughs> of the the chairman of the committee was there with his uh, partner. Yes, wow. and uh, what was the response? He loved it. <laughs> they both loved it. They, I mean, uh, look, the characters are a little exaggerated. Of course, they understand it. You know, they've seen my work. They, they, they're the ones who actually fought for me to be a part of the parade. You mm-hmm. know, uh, so they were really cool about it. Really supportive about it. You know, uh, and I, I. Uh, I mean, grateful for the experience, lah. To, mm, to so, be able to have done the parade yeah. and my stand-up special in the same week mm-hmm. it was just magical. Yeah. So, is are you are you is the litmus test for you for how they received it, like uh, NDP twenty twenty three, like whether they they call you up again or what's I, what is I don't, is it what, is it in the card even the cards for you personally? I don't think they will call me back again. In all honesty, okay. uh, because I feel like. I I stand corrected, but I think if they were considering me, they would have called me by now. <laughs> I see. Because uh, the timeline yeah, is the whole year, like, right? They they plan yeah, for whole yeah. year. Uh, yeah, I would have started to get some <laughs> like, hey, what are you doing next year? Uh, so, which I think is fair. I think it's mm. it's if I'm invited to do it again, uh, if they so wish, I mean, I will consider it, but maybe not. The immediate, immediately, maybe yeah, not yeah, the back to back, lah. Yeah, mm, mm. Well, because it. I do believe, and one of the things I told the, um, uh, you know, the the committee as well, is that look, there's a, a shitload of talented people out there mm, mm. that are not media corp artists. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, <clears throat> uh, and the uh, and I, I've watched some of these MCs of various races and mm. various age groups and all just fucking murder a live crowd like you've never seen before. Mm, mm, mm. And some of these people have been doing it 10 years, some 20 years. Uh, just never had their shot, right? Because they never maybe crossed over the TV or what. I don't know what it is. But yeah. part, of, yeah, part of the discussion was that and also about, you know, bringing more comedians into the mix. Like I mm, said, mm, do a few minutes here and there. I think more than anything, this round of us doing the parade, um, and them inviting me was a yeah. bit of a building of trust for the future mm. that oh okay see tomorrow the meeting will be yeah yeah we got a stand up comedian and uh, yeah no issues he was good yeah he never I mean like there was no complaints nobody yeah. went to jail for it nobody had some four par moment on live TV yeah I think I think, so uh, I think mm. you're, you're very humbly basically very humbly saying you were a trailblazer you trailblazed the way for the comedians of Singapore too. To no, featured. I'm saying I kick, I kick the door, I kick the door down, ah, okay, and I the door down. dodge the first few bullets <laughs> and survived to I, tell the tale. Right? Yeah, I got grazed a little bit here and there, but you know the doors open now. The door is open. That's true. Yeah. Okay, but but then okay. I mean, I don't want to keep harping on NDP Like it's it's yeah yeah. That's done. You're right. So so post the show, you did your your solo show but after that like well, what have you been so the next uh, major thing I mean I I shot a, a, a new documentary for CNA that's coming mm. out the last week of the year yeah 
that was pretty pretty cool as well. Uh, it's a tech documentary called "What's the Big Deal," mm. Mm. Uh, which I mean, the inside story of that is a little different, lah. Because initially, when I was approached to the show to do the show, the initial title was "What's the Deal," mm. right? Mm. And it was about me, a regular dude, going around and being curious about technology in all parts of the world and in different industries. Yeah. But then the channel head was like. I think we need something a bit more bigger, you know, more bombastic. Uh. <laughs> so it changes to what's the big deal? <laughs> <laughs> That's what they pay the which, big bucks for, right? <laughs> Make decisions. Which, yeah, which kind of changes the tone a little bit, you know? Like yeah. now, I just sound like I'm some skeptical guy. <laughs> like anything I see, I'm not impressed. You know, like what? You got Bluetooth contact lenses that can administer insulin levels 24 hours? I'm like, ah, what's the, what's big, the big deal? deal? <laughs> That's like a catchphrase throughout the whole show. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah like, I mean, but it's been fun, you know, the, the production team has been cool. Mm. Um, so this what you're in London for, right? You went to London for that? Was, yeah, we went to London for that. We went to Korea for that. Uh, wow. We did a bunch of, yeah, we did some shoots in Singapore. It was pretty amazing. Amazing man. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, good crews, uh, good team. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, willing to. I think even the EPs on this show uh, were clear from the start that mm-hmm. uh, they they wanted to take some risks. Okay. With the treatment, mm-hmm. uh, because otherwise you rarely see a, a stand-up comedian hosting a CNA show. Oh really? Like like you that's another I mean? another trailblazing moment. Uh. I guess it's just people are trying different things lah mm, because okay, okay. it's almost as though COVID has helped to reset certain, you know, practices or certain mm. minds and go like, yep. hey, look, it's a new world now. Mm. Let's let's give it a go lah. You know, and I mean, full credit to the MediaCorp CNA team lah. Is mm. You know, they, they fought for certain things to go like, yeah, let's try. It's okay. Mm. Uh, let's give it a go. Yeah, no problem. Oh, I mean, yeah, cool. there was some, um, yeah discussions that we had to have and everything but uh, okay. I haven't seen the final series but mm. uh, I think we got a bunch of decent footage and I'm looking forward to watching it got yeah. it got it so that's, that's coming out end of the year and, end of the uh, year yeah but you, you've also were, done uh, a solo show right yeah that was the last public show I did for 2022 which was mm. a show called Can I Make You a Suit Mate mm. 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 Uh, so this is this is basically like a, a one-man show, a character monologue um, mm. that involved elements of uh, improv, a bit of storytelling, a bit of jokes, and a bit of drama. I mean, I guess in retrospect, it's probably like a drama dealer. It's mm. probably the closest genre I could uh, bunch it up in. And what was the genesis of this? Like, why so, a, a drama dealer wow. show? <clears throat> So I was sitting at, at the Melbourne Comedy Festival in 2016 with my buddy Jason Leong, right? Mm, yeah. We were doing Do- a show together back then. Yeah. yeah, Dr. Jason Leong. Dr. Jason Leong from Malaysia, who has been on this podcast Malaysia. before. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were doing like a, a combined show at the time. Mm, mm. And we were watching a bunch of shows as well, you know, like just soaking in the festival, learning, watching. And I saw this... Uh, this one-man show by uh, an improviser named mm. uh, Steen Raskopoulos. Yeah. Uh, it's Aussie-based comic. Well, not really comedian, more improviser, you know. Mm-hmm. And I watched this uh, one-man show called You Know the Drill. 
mm, mm. which was quite magical to me because it mm. was him on stage alone for about an hour okay uh doing multiple characters okay and at the same time improvising with the audience yep bringing people on stage going into the crowd allowing people to be part of the narrative uh giving them props and then you know kind of almost uh linking multiple stories that came together at the end as one with the help of the audience mm mm i see and i remember sitting there thinking that that would be wow that is fucking inspiring if and you know maybe one day i could do something like that mm Mm. and then i uh that, that was probably the seed of it and then i started thinking about you know my dad and his life uh yep. closer to the past few years mm-hmm. and how he would call customers into the shop uh his tailor shop mm. using his catchphrase call can i make you a suit mate ah i see and does he say with that accent? Does he say with that same accent as well? He changes his accent depending <laughs> on who he's talking to, lah. And it's just a bunch of really bad accents, lah. Like, you know, if he's talking to Aussie customers, and, can I make you a suit, mate? And then if it's the American customers, he'll be like, "Hey, buddy, come, let me make you a suit, buddy. Come on." Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> and so, yeah. but this was, um, it's meant to sort of reflect your your relationship with your dad uh and as well as i mean how that how that has shaped you as a as an entertainer as well uh. there's a little bit of that i guess mm-hmm. i think the show uh in all honesty it requires a restaging because it's still growing mm-hmm. i believe mm-hmm. i mean I, i i do think that uh we put on a a strong powerful uh uh interesting uh show for yep. the two nights yep. as part of Kalautsavam the mm. Indian Festival of Arts at Esplanade uh but i also feel that i would like to restage it and grow it a, a bit further because there are certain things that i feel that i would do differently or add on mm. or remove got it uh yeah i mean i think it's 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 good now uh, okay. and we we received a lot of positive feedback not just from the fans and the audience that showed up but also from like the reviews mm, in the mm. papers which you know it's pretty rare la. i don't i don't normally my stand up shows don't get reviewed you know what i'm saying mm, 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 mm. so yeah. are, are there so there are plans to i mean modify improve it and restage it at a certain point uh, in the coming year or man. the coming year yeah, yeah 100% 2023 for sure there'll be a restaging at some point i even hope to uh, take it around to festivals mm. globally. I see, I mm. see. Oh, that's interesting. I think. Uh, But yeah, is it, yeah, is yeah, it I, sold as like a theater production or, or is it, is it more stand-up comedy act? Or? I don't know. You see, that, that was also part of the experiment, right? The marketing. Because mm. a, a lot of people would like kind of stop me in the streets going like, I bought tickets to your new stand-up show. Yeah. I'm like, which one? They're like, the suit one. Ah. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, uh, Alama, this is uh, actually it's more of a theatrical monologue. <laughs> I mm, like, I even till the night before the show, bro, I yeah, yeah. I was getting a I got a DM from one of the audience members like, "Hey, Rishi, oh my husband is a big fan of your videos. I'm surprising him, bringing him on his birthday to your live comedy show tomorrow. 
Can you give a shout out for his birthday? <laughs> uh, like, alaba, uh, it's not really that kind of show. I can't like break character and suddenly happy birthday to your husband, Mr. Zaid. <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. it's just a... So there were, uh, I mean, the people had expectations uh, that uh, of what it was going to be. Um, but but this one, yeah. I, so, I mean, it would, would you characterize it more as Rishi the the actor, Rishi the performer, or Rishi the comedian? What was the tough one, la, bro? I think it was all of the above, la, in mm. all honesty. Because I do play a character mm. uh, who does jokes mm, at mm, points, mm. who tells stories, some of which had punchlines even, some of yeah. which were a bit more uh, somber. Mm. Um, I do improvise with the audience as well. Yeah. In character, of course. Mm-mm-mm-mm. So, uh, I don't know how to... I, I, I guess that's the other thing, right? As Singaporeans, uh, okay, going back to university education, what university education maybe forces us to do is to break out of that systemic mold. Mm-hmm. Not everything needs to be defined. Not everything yeah. needs to be labeled. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe it helps for marketing if I could fucking come up with a proper label for this <laughs> genre of show. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. I think the genre itself, to me, I've never seen anything like it done in Singapore before. Mm. Um, maybe overseas, yeah, there are elements of it because elements of character, elements of improvisation, elements of storytelling, elements yeah. of, uh, you know, um, narrative in there as well. Mm. Mm. Um, so yeah, I don't know what genre it is, bro. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, dramedy, I mean, la, closest closest to what I can describe it as. Okay, okay, dramedy. We'll, we'll, I, I think uh, definitely uh, anyone listening will be interested. They're, they're probably sold and want to check it out already. La. But we will come yeah, back I, to, to, to how yeah, yeah. how they can possibly see uh, watch it next year. But there is a, um, one another topic that we do need to, to, to talk about as well, which does delve yes, into... Sir the element of uh, going into your childhood psyche and, and, and you know, figuring out certain things. Uh. And this is our goofy topic of uh, just an article about a mm. mother, a mother with a kid in preschool who forbids mm-hmm. a child from eating birthday cakes in preschool. Ayo. Which means basically, Ayo. yes, basically this mother, she her, she went on TikTok. Her, her username is Kira Singh Yu. And uh, she shared about this unusual rule that she has that anytime uh, another child in her child's, her child's preschool brings a birthday mm. cake that is meant to be shared with all the other kids, uh, she mm-hmm. tells the teacher to serve her kid uh, fruits instead of a slice of cake. And wow. um, for that, she's, uh, you know, she's gone, I mean, her TikTok has gone viral and she's been getting a lot of, uh, a lot of pushback say the least, mm. from people on the internet. So, uh, I know this sounds like it's just a, it's a parenting issue, but actually, it, like, it does it does come down to basically what what kind of experience we want for, for kids, young people and all. Mm. When you hear a headline like this, what's your most immediate thought? Does she have a university degree or not? <laughs> is my first question. <laughs> does she have a happy life? Yeah, did she go uni or is she upset that? Wow, wow, what is it? 
no la. Uh, yeah. I guess the f- <laughs> well, first thought uh, uh, I mean yeah, putting out a child uh, it's a bit <laughs> I'm a bit sad, right? Like all your friends are eating cake and then you cannot eat one bloody banana. Yeah. Worse still, if it's like papaya. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like the, you try, everyone's try, just enjoying cakes, sitting around the, the cake and then singing birthday songs and the teacher has to pull you aside so that you can't touch the cake and here's mm. a bowl of fruits instead. Because your mother said so. <laughs> yeah, are you putting, I want to ask the child, okay? Child, if you are listening in, uh, are you experiencing coercive control? <laughs> if you I are, don't think, yeah, the mother wouldn't even allow the child to listen to anything on Spotify. That's for sure. Right? Yeah, I mean, but <laughs> child, if you are old enough and you are experiencing coercive control, reach out. We will see what we can uh, maybe give you some hotline numbers. Yeah, yeah. But to, but to play the, right? the devil's advocate side of things, like, Right to play the devil's yeah, advocate. Yeah. Um, I mean, she's trying to create an environment where her child. Uh, eats as healthy as possible, right? Mm. Uh, in spite of uh, whatever they feed uh, feed the child in school, so yeah. isn't that isn't that what a parent is supposed to do? Like you know, ensure that uh, the child gets the best food they can, or at least uh, not not exposed to the the, the bad things uh, in mm. life. Mm. Uh, the, isn't, the isn't nutrition the parent, aspect, la. Yeah, the nutrition aspect, especially yeah, you know, processed foods. I mean, your year yeah. of fitness, you you know how poisonous that is. Uh, yep. you, to any anybody's diet much less a child's uh. mm. so well, don't you think she's starting the child uh, early to think healthily wow. about his life uh, okay I, uh, I I think that's a good thing to do I think that mm. that mm. habit uh, I, I, okay I, full disclosure I don't have kids of my own but I've mm. got a couple of nephews for example yeah and uh, for example, my sister-in-law, I think she's one of those who's very particular about you know what her son eats as well. Mm. Uh, but for example, we had a birthday party, mm-hmm. right? Where we kind of organized it for him and his friends and all that. And then she had the idea that oh no, let's just serve healthy stuff for the kids. Don't uh, let's not let's just put like you know uh, uh, healthy drinks, healthy food. It is for a birthday party for the for oh, a birthday for the, party, yeah. Okay, okay. For the kid, yeah. because you know she wants her son to have healthy eating habits. Okay, fair, mm. good. Uh, but then what? I mean, just in case, I just threw some like ribenas and and Milo's and you know juice boxes and all. Yeah, the one a bit more dubious cokes and all that in there, and as you would understand, all the ribena and the coke all finished first. <laughs> Kids were just like, fuck this healthy snack pack, bro. Give me some McDonald's. <laughs> so, my, my my point of telling that story is, I think at the end of the day, yeah, if I guess for parents, it's very difficult. You know, mm. you want to maintain mm. the health of your children. But perhaps there needs to be some kind of balance law. Like, yeah, mm. maybe if you are, and that's true for someone like me as well, right? If I'm doing yeah. six days a week of, you know, clean, nutrient-dense uh, food, mm. like, you know, proper, properly prepared, healthily prepared. I, Dude, I, I'm going to have a chakwitya on Sunday. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I want to have a beer on a, on a Saturday night, for example. And that's mm. what I, I did for my training, or that's what I still do. Uh, because I guess you, you got to juggle your mental state as well, right? You mm. can't be like 100% eating clean 100% of the time. Yeah. And and like uh, it, it's kind of like a pressure cooker, right? You gotta let out the steam once in a while, right? 
Same same for a child like um if you if you like to jaga the food all the time. Uh I yeah. mean there there are people literally in the comments saying um you take care of your child's uh diet now and then next time, you know, ten years later when the when they have to go for therapy and all that, then that's where you'll be paying for it. La. Because oh, of all the rejection from school, you know. It's <laughs> so a bit harsh, like you put things, yeah. No, but but it's true, right? You you would feel quite ostracized when everyone else gets to eat cake and you don't because of what your mother says, like, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh I, I can I can imagine that might be might be a difficult situation to be in. I can appreciate that. But yeah. I mean, but okay, again, devil's advocate again. Uh. Sorry, mm. sorry, Terrence, to cut you off. But no, go ahead, go ahead. What, what about what about you know? I mean, at one point in life, mm. see, today this is the battle, right? Oh, I want my child to eat healthy. Okay, yeah. so y'all eat cake, no problem. What about the vegetarian children back in the day? Mm. My but, mother say cannot yeah. eat meat, so everybody eat chicken rice. I eat rice with cucumber. Mm. <laughs> yeah. you, you know what I'm saying yeah, yeah, like yeah. or for example and we could go even, we could stretch the an- analogy even further to times where you know uh, like you know now we're talking about like fruits uh, healthy mm. food versus unhealthy food and you got meat and vegetarian then maybe you got even Hindu or oh, cannot eat beef so everybody mm. eating steak I must eat uh Impossible meat or whatever the fuck like. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, impossible meat is the biggest scam. I don't know how you know Indian people who say, "Oh, I love impossible," Hindu specifically, <laughs> who go, "I love impossible meat." I'm like, how? What do you mean? You've never tasted the real thing. <laughs> you don't have a reference point. But you never it's know, impossible, right? Impossible. <laughs> it's impossible for Hindus to appreciate impossible meat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they can't, they can't, yeah. But I mean, maybe they accidentally, accidentally have tried beef Ate before. a cheeseburger. <laughs> yeah. Accidentally had a, a Kobe, oh, <laughs> Kobe yeah. beef stick. They fell, <laughs> fell onto a, you know, a vat of meat and accidentally had it, chewed it down their mouths uh, as possible. Yeah. But, but I mean, you, you're, you're raising the point about uh, vegetarians in the sense of like, uh, like, like if you go to a friend's party and then they're serving, I don't know, burgers or something like that. And you can't. I mean, back in the day, as kids, right? As kids, like, see, now dietary restrictions are a big thing because people Mm. have understood the social implications of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Back, back in the day, I mean, I don't know, man. Like, if I, I remember going to a party and because in my, in my uh, house, for example, we were vegetarian on Mondays, for Mm, example. mm, That's right. Mondays, the rules were all very rubber, Like, okay, Monday, no meat. Nobody eat meat. Mm-hmm. Tuesday cannot cook meat at home can eat yeah. outside <laughs> uh, you know uh, I mean all that stuff. so if I were to go anywhere on a Monday and there's a f- spread of nuggets chicken wings is that all then I just eat eat the fries only law. <laughs> and did that make I you mean, feel in, how did that make you feel like you, did you feel inadequate or, or anything no lah I mean it's just that ah oh, fuck today cannot eat chicken nuggets ah oh, shit okay okay I can only <laughs> eat french fries mommy say only can eat french fries today okay lor <laughs> does this still I mean, hold for you now like Mondays no no meat Mondays I, unfortunately not lah because I think that was a religious mm. thing for the household more than anything else okay um, okay I'm not an incredibly religious person. Like mm. I was, again, someone. I was. For me, religion was based on my grandmother's, uh, you know, preferences and her yeah, yeah. Uh, 
her belief in 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 the faith yeah. and she she lived with us right yeah. so we as a form of respect i think we all uh, did that mm. my my parents still follow those okay. things you know uh, so Monday like in those situations in those situations if you are going out with your friends on a monday mm. or something like that when you're mm. younger like mm. uh, and then oh yeah you know i can't eat meat today do you do you do you expect everyone to also uh you know follow you and not eat meat or no, no, or, or no. would you okay you all go to a place i'll go somewhere else and, and find something no, else no 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 i think uh, to me it was always like uh it's my it's 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 my uh what's the word uh my sacrifice. Uh, flaw my sacrifice <laughs> my flaw my bad yeah 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 so for example i remember we used to have tennis training on mondays mm and we're fucking famished right like three o'clock in the afternoon you are yeah like you finish school at one o'clock and you rush to the kalang mcdonald's mm. and your buddies are all ordering like oh fuck yeah let's have a mexican i'm like yeah can i have a mexican with no meat please <laughs> now uh, no patty cheeseburger or no patty filet fish is a normal thing you know they've yeah, got stickers yeah, yeah. on it <laughs> last time the auntie will look at you funny you know <laughs> Like what huh? is wrong with you? <laughs> the one what? The one patty? What patty? No, I think the one the chicken. My chicken, no chicken. Yes. You mean that was the only way to ask for a patty free, a patty free burger? You can't just say, can I just have the bread and nothing else inside? But I mean, then they'll ask you which burger, right? <laughs> Cheeseburger, filet fish, Mexican. It's all different buns, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, fish! Fish also cannot. Fish also cannot. Fish, fish also cannot. So, oh, I, after a while, I remember distinctly uh, Mondays. Yeah. The nutrition would be just two large fries. Mm-hmm. <laughs> two large fries before tennis training. Yeah, <laughs> I had friends who, like for example, I I remember there were other other veg kids around me. You know, mm. who were staunch veg, like proper, like don't eat meat at all. Yeah. Uh, then they will order cheeseburger with no meat. So you just get like the burger sauce. You get the pickle and the cheese. Cheese, cheese and, was and okay. And cheese, cheese. Uh, okay. yeah, cheese was cool. Wow. Yeah, so, so it was just you know that was, uh, but I guess we were a bit older, not in mm, kindergarten or what lah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, yeah, like, there is the aspect as well that you. I mean, as you're recounting it, it's just you. You just adapt lah, right? You know, and 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 we uh over here on the on the internet, everyone's like, oh, you know, your child's gonna gonna grow up weird and fucking has to go therapy and shit. But actually. It's not such a big deal, lah. You just you just adapt when you go and like you order a cheeseburger without the burger, lah. Right? That's it. I think, yeah, man. I think that that would probably be the least of the child's concerns. I'm I'm more concerned about the other aspects of the child's life. You know, if mm, mm. Uh, if if there's that level of control for diet when the parent is not around, yeah. I, you know, I I'm hoping that that's there's a different set of rules. You know, that they are that they are. Things that are a bit more positive mm, in other mm. aspects of the child's life, lah. You know, yeah. Because if it's that level of control in that area, and there's that level of control in all aspects of the child's life, then mm. maybe there are unfortunate implications on the future, lah. Yeah. No, there, there's the there's the fear of yeah. revenge eating, lah. Like you stop the child from mm. eating cake today, then when they yeah. they're a bit older and they have a bit of more control. They'll just fucking be eating cake every day. Shove like. everything in their face. <laughs> yeah, it was like, what else what it was in, in when I was in army, uh, like five days a week, I'd be eating this crap food. On the weekend, I was like intent on like damaging, <laughs> damaging my body just by eating whatever trash I could. Yeah, this, like, that was I my big fuck you, you to the SAF. Like, like, oh, you want my body to be fit? Is it? Okay, fuck you all. Like, I'm going to chomp chomp right now. This. <laughs> 
Take this, man. Take this Hokkien me and shove it up. You're number four. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, yeah. It's a, I, I don't know. It's an interesting one because, you know, even as a, not even parents, but even like my, my dogs and all that, I'm very quite, mm. uh, you know, I'm quite militant about what they, what people can feed them as well and all that. I don't like it when mm. I bring them out then let's say you're at a dog cafe and then people like, oh, you know, they have treats for dogs. And then mm. they just randomly feed my dog like, chicken and all but but that's because my dog seems to have an allergy one of my dogs has an allergy to chicken so she's really losing fur in certain spots of her body you know so I I, I sound like a you know a bit like a Karen when I'm like scolding people about that but uh, Mm. do you do do that for your your dog or what my dog uh, are you the car so so we've got two right Mm -hmm. Uh, one of them is a multiple named Bubble who currently lives with my parents Mm. Uh, and he's a bit. I mean, he's a bit. His stomach is a bit different, la. Like he, he, he's also a bit more sensitive to different kinds of food. So we yeah. just give him a bit more specific kind of shit. Otherwise, he gets, you know, the the, the his uh, stools are not formed solid. Yeah, he starts getting like ear infection and all that. So after a lot of trial and error, we finally figure out. Okay, this is all the shit you can eat. Cannot <laughs> give him any any rubbish. Yeah. But our SS, our Singapore special, the rescue puppy, mm. who's a bit more hardy and who's a bit more like a like a vacuum cleaner on four feet. It's a puppy. How, how old? Uh, so she came to us when she was three months old. Now she's okay. about seven. Also, oh, turning eight soon. Quite recent, like four or five months ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, rec- uh, just around yeah August, September, around that. Oh, wow. Shout out to, to Singapore specials and, and kudos to you for, for taking one in, man. It's a, hey, in thanks, the dog thanks. community, the dog community is a very, uh, I think people who take in Singapore specials is a lot of respect for, for them. I mean, I have one also, not, not, not trying to, to, to my own horn, but it's, a, mm. you know, it's, it's, to be able to find space for Singapore special, it's a, it's a very beautiful moment. And then oh, finding yeah, a home yeah. for them and integrating them to homes. Yeah. 100% man. I mean, I'm with you on that. Like I, uh, the, I guess the only downside right now is that the two of them are not uh, greatest of friends yet. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's still a work in progress, lah. Specials uh, are a bit more skittish, uh, skittish, lah. Right? They, do do you find? Yeah, yeah. I mean, but again, because I think she came to us when she was very young. Mm. Uh, mm. We, uh, yeah, lah. There was difficult times, uh, bro. I won't lie. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Days where, oh man, that I couldn't like. Oh, I remember one particular day where. Mm. I was trying to get her to to take a meal or something and she was like running away and we had to just prep her for something like whether it was medicine or what I can't remember Cheryl had just left the house yeah for a yeah. workout mm. my wife Cheryl had left the house for a workout and this this girl was uh running around our living room and mm. as she ran past a little we've got a small like a side table yeah she kind of toppled it over, Mm-mm. right? Okay. And then when it toppled over, she got really freaked out. She got scared. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And as I was trying to run to her, I, I toppled another table over. <laughs> and then she just went to hide under the couch. Yeah. And I just gave up and just sat there in the middle of the living room. <laughs> and I called my wife. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I need you to come back. Uh, and Cheryl walks into the house with the puppy missing with two tables flipped in the <laughs> middle of the living room me just on the ground resigned <laughs> to fate 
She's like, what the fuck happened here, man? Green war zone. Uh, yeah, it was it was one of the toughest days. Lah. Mm. But uh, we, we got a very good trainer in and yeah. she helped us understand a little bit about the psychology of the Singapore specials. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I think one of the things we learned is that there's no such thing as... Uh, untrainable dogs there's mm, only mm. untrained humans yes yes very true yeah like us uh, mm. I mean because when the trainer walked in the house our puppy was just behaving as though she was the biggest fucking <laughs> angel from <laughs> like a gift of humanity and the trainer started looking at me and Cheryl as though we were the problem you know? <laughs> she's like <laughs> she's like oh I don't know man Lakshmi her name is Lakshmi la, the, the yeah. puppy oh Lakshmi is great yeah, she's so precious. She's wonderful. Such a good puppy. <laughs> and we were like, wow, loud. It's not really embarrassing the parents in front of the tuition teacher like that, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking it's something to do with the, the aura that, that dog trainers have. Like, whether it's also something that we humans, we don't sense like the smell, mm. you know, like when they handle yep. dogs and dogs are more... Uh, either more relaxed or more, or they they, they know who's boss like, Basically, yeah. So when they walk in with that 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 aura and everything, like yeah, same thing. I also had that same issue where my dog was just like for some reason just going nuts in the house. Then the moment we got the trainer to actually come in and all, suddenly like he behaves like like oh he knows who's the boss and he's not not gonna yeah. push any boundaries. It's kind of crazy how how it works. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're right. Is that I, I don't know. Is the smell, the body language, yeah. the just that overall aura, la. they mm. just kind of know that, oh, I mean, I also think it's something to do with the fact that they are always with a pouch of treats in their bloody <laughs> bag 100% of the time, yeah. right? They always yeah. have one pouch yeah. with some sexy <laughs> treats in there. Yeah. It's one of the, it's one uh, of the tricks you learn as a dog owner. La. Yeah. Treats yeah, and walks yeah. are the two most important things. <laughs> yeah. You don't give that, then you are, you're in for a tough time. You're right. Yeah. But you, you we were just talking about... Uh, your diet for your dogs, right? So you, you mentioned the multi-poo has a bit of a yeah, sensitive so he, tummy, you know? Correct. For him, we are a bit more careful. For her, she's a bit more, I mean, yeah, she has her moments or what, but sometimes I feel like, oh, okay, lah, yeah, you want to have this, okay, you can. She's a bit more hardy. She's yeah, a bit more yeah. like, oh, okay, yeah, she just, like yesterday, bro, she fucking chewed my wire of my <laughs> new hydro gun that I got. I got a hydro oh, gun shit. to help me deal with the cramps of the runs. <laughs> And I was like, okay, oh, I run, finish, really. Come home, looking to charge my hydro gun, but then she had shoot through the damn copper wires. I'm like, oh, <laughs> fuck. And, it's, and, it, and I know what it was. It was my fault because, you know, we had screwed up her lunch schedule. We were a bit oh. late. Uh, you see, know. See. Uh, yeah, so you the can, moment that happens. You can always boil it down to some very basic reason that they do these things. There's like, always yeah. an explanation. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, with, yeah. with dogs, you realize that, they, they, I mean, yeah, they act out of character, but it's always possible, almost always possible to trace what went wrong. And most of the time, it's because of you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You screwed up. So I ate your your wire. Maybe maybe it was more like, like you've been spending way too much time on your body and working out and all that. <laughs> so fuck the Terragun. I'm like, just going to destroy yeah. it so that you'll be sore all day and regret working out and not yeah. spending time. Then you won't run. Yeah, you won't <laughs> run. You'll just be at home. Yeah. And I can just lie down in your arms and we can yeah. watch like FIFA Uncovered again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, dogs, yeah. Dogs, they, they, know, they know the way to fuck up your day. 
if they really yeah. need to. <laughs> yeah, dude, you you you're absolutely right about that, lah. Yeah, yeah. But cool, cool. Uh, but yeah, so we yeah, let us know, everyone. Let us know what your thoughts are about this birthday cake diet issue. But uh, I wanted yeah, to man. just don't don't want to leave without uh also just asking like what's what's in the plans for twenty twenty three like like if people who are hungry to to see more of Rishi like uh which yep. magazine should they be buying uh, or which <laughs> show should they be looking out for? Well, uh, so there's a couple of things that are in the pipeline. Uh, mm-hmm. I definitely will be restaging. Uh, Can I make you a suit, mate? That's being discussed as we speak, yeah. but likely in the second half of the year. Mm. Uh, I will be releasing a new stand-up show, a new stand-up hour awesome. in 2023 as well. When you say releasing, meaning... Uh, Re- I mean, as in like... Uh, a show. Going live with a new show. Got it. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, well, those are the two main things uh, right now. In terms of the fitness front, there's... Mm. Uh, Another body transformation that goes into plan oh, in seriously. January. Serious? Yeah. Is there any uh any preview of or at least a hint of what this transformation is gonna look a hint, like? Uh, yeah. I give I give you a clue lah. My trainer sent me a bottle to my house mm. with the uh, the Wolverine logo on it. <laughs> Wolverine logo. Mm. Now, what does that mean? <laughs> oh man! All I know is that Hugh Jackman is coming back for Deadpool three. Mm. So you never know. Mm, beautiful. That's as much as I know at this point, lah. I, I don't want to like oversell it. <laughs> Scully well, awesome. Wolverine just means that oh, grow out body hair and don't shave. <laughs> That's the no, don't cut your nails. <laughs> yeah, don't cut your nails. <laughs> yeah, so these are a few things. I mean, uh, if you guys you know pick up Esquire magazine, you'll see my face there. Actually, I show you. Like, I got one here. Hang yeah. on, uh. oh. I don't know why I got one here. Hang on, hang on. Yeah. <laughs> This is weird because uh, I realize it's not a visual medium, but if yeah, you yeah. can hear me putting this up here, oh, I mean, what you what I'm seeing is is uh, Rishi holding up a copy of him looking like he's basically half naked, lying in a pool with his hands uh, draped around his chin. I think, yeah, looking. This very is actually sexy in the camera. L- yeah, let me set the scene for you orally, okay? <laughs> So, this is actually in the middle of Changi Beach <laughs> at 6.40 a.m. Yep. with fucking cold water <laughs> and I am just in my my board shorts, topless and I've got a really stern look on my face because while we are trying to get this money shot with the sun rising behind us, yeah. I see a dead fish. <laughs> In the ocean, right in front of me, just oh. fucking floating across me, and I'm staring the bugger down with his bulging eyes. <laughs> and the photographer went, "Got it, uh, <laughs> money wow. shot." And the reason, I mean, uh, yeah, people might not understand in the industry why why do you have to be there at six forty a.m. in the morning? Like, why so early? Well, I, I think. So what what the 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 uh, concept of the photo shoot was to try and mm. get like a sunrise shot with the sun kind of uh, reflecting off of the the water, mm. you know, the surface mm. of the water. Yeah, that's the idea, la. I mean, they probably did their recce. We were hoping yeah. it doesn't rain. Yeah, uh, no, it's literally um, like yeah. the yeah, like the angle of the sun making the best lighting mm. for the shot and all that. But what mm. did they have anything to do with 
with uh, you, you know, not drinking water for whole evenings just so that your body will be as tight as possible. <laughs> what was it? Any, yeah, any of that? That was, we did a water cut. You're right, man. <laughs> oh, shit. That was rough. So literally, that I was you know. also also quite dehydrated at that point in time in the water. Yeah, pretty much, man. Dehydrated. Oh, uh, yeah, a bit, uh, a bit, yeah, it was a bit of a crash. Like, I didn't really enjoy that much. I mean, mm. no, not that I didn't enjoy it. I enjoyed it, but... I wish I had more time to prep for it. In all mm. honesty, okay, but the but the photo looks pretty amazing, like, Yeah, it's okay, la. I mean, it's funny. Well, I'll tell you. Uh, when does this go on air? I can tell you whether I can tell you uh, the next thing. Almost, I uh, probably by tomorrow, latest. Yeah, tomorrow, if right? If not tonight, if not tonight, yeah, maybe tonight. Yeah. Oh, tonight, la. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So it, yeah. the mo- so if this is a Thursday. Okay. Mm-hmm. On Friday, the Th- no today. Oh, sorry, this no, is today Monday. Is Monday. Today is Monday. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, on Tuesday, 6th December, mm. Esquire is going to reveal who... So, I was the November cover issue, right? Yeah, yeah. And on the 6th of December, mm. which is tomorrow, they're going to reveal who their December cover issue is. Mm. And uh, it, it's... For those of people who understand showbiz, I know it's going to be a pretty big surprise uh, mm. who that is. Because, mm. I, I mean... Uh, one of the cool things about this uh, this cover, why it was such a big deal, was that I was the only Singaporean feature for mm. Esquire magazine 2022. Nice. It was a pretty big deal because, you know, I'm sandwiched between people like Benedict Cumberbatch yeah. and like, you know, uh, the Ukrainian president, mm. uh, Zelensky, uh, and people like Ronnie Chang, you know, mm. all these Mm. Uh, pretty pretty wild names to have like a Rishi Budrani in between there somewhere <laughs> yeah and I think the next person they have is also someone of that level but mm. uh, I can't say like, I can't say if this is going out okay. I think I'll just request people to check it out mm. so so it's something I will, that I will announce it lah. I will announce it tomorrow Oh, on on so, on social media and everything, lah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hmm, interesting. Now, wow, very interesting. That's exciting. Very interesting. Yeah. yeah. So you're giving people something almost immediate to to look out for. Yeah, coming Guys, up, check so. out my socials on six December. I'm gonna do a <laughs> fucking odd reveal. Not odd, lah. I mean, I think it's a cool reveal for people who are fans of show business and kind of oh. understand how crazy it is that they made this next shoot happen also mm, okay um, okay yeah yeah, oh, yeah something to look forward to but uh yeah speaking of yeah. something cool we always end yep. also by talking about one shock thing and uh one shock you, thing yeah one shock thing something that you want to share with the audience that uh i mean they they can also experience themselves at home so you know don't say you know whether it's showers cooking or something like it's just something that they can actually <laughs> experience for themselves like yeah they could. Uh, they could I, experience Charles cooking. Yeah, you've done this before, so I, I mean, I'll, I'll just ask you: uh, Do you have your one shot thing ready? I do. Oh, cool. I do, man. Um, so I don't know if uh, anyone follows uh, this animated, this Singaporean animated series called Downstairs. Mm, mm, uh, yes. We had two seasons of it on MeWatch, and then eventually it was on Netflix uh, mm. last year, and or earlier this year or last year. I don't know, and. Season three just came out. Season uh, three. Last week. Wow. Yeah, season season three. three of Downstairs is currently on uh, Me Watch. 
uh and it's got you know the old gang coming back together it's got uh Mr Brown mm. uh it's got me it's got Fucker Fuzz Pat Mock Sharul uh you know and we got some surprise guests actually surprise no more surprises it's out already mm. so Kuma makes an appearance oh, in nice. season 3 nice Gurmit Singh is in there Irene Ang is in there Wow. Uh Ben King is in there. Wow. Uh, all as really interesting characters that the team has come up with. So yeah man, I mean the first 5 episodes are out on Mewatch already so go and check it out man. I think uh there's some there's some pretty funny shit in there. Mm. So so it is like the who's who of uh Singapore entertainment or comedy scene as well who who was featuring in this lah. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah, I think there's a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of genuinely funny people on the show. Mm. For sure. Wow. That's pretty crazy, yeah. man. Okay. And and they can it's it's entirely out on me watch already the full season. The first 5 apps are out. I think by tomorrow or by this week actually. Yeah, no, by this week you'll have 10 apps out. Mm. No, no, no. Yeah. Oh, pretty awesome. Yeah, check it out. Uh downstairs season 3, right? You saying? That's right. On me watch. Cool, cool. Um, my one trick thing is is just, uh, I guess it's just something. I mean, we're just living in crazy times now. Um, not yep. sure if you know of this uh, conspiracy theorist named Alex Jones, uh, mm. in the US. He was he's basically been banned from all platforms, from Twitter, from from all social media because of his. Uh, he continually was insisting that um, some victims of of uh, school shootings. Were actually mm-hmm. part of a government conspiracy to to for some reason lah. So he he's literally What? been uh been I think he got sued by the parents of the the Sandy Hook school shootings for defamation or something. And he's literally been uh he's yeah basically been uh, been ordered to pay like billions of dollars in 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 uh, in uh, for for what reparations uh, to the parents of the, oh, the victims. So the crazy thing is that he still runs his. His uh, conspiracy theory show called Infowars, which is also banned on all platforms like YouTube and all. But you can go to mm. his website and watch it. The crazy thing is that his latest, one of his latest guests on the show, was Kanye West or Ye West. Oh my god! Who who is now also going undergoing his his crazy? Uh, I mean, he's basically he's having an episode, uh, Definitely, It's something mm. something's going on with him, and he's been spouting a lot of anti-Semitic. Stuff online, and uh, yeah. he appeared in a mask on Alex Jones' show, and mm-hmm. uh, the stuff that he was saying was so terrible that it even made a conspiracy theorist like Alex Jones look like look sane, look like the sane one <laughs> in the room. Uh. So, oh, uh, you know, I mean, it's just it's just a uh, something really crazy. Like I don't know why it's, it's like watching almost like watching a car crash where you can't take your eyes off it, but just watching. Kanye West just set his career on fire and 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 just saying all these crazy things that really, like like I mean it's just an insane thing to watch lah. And then yeah, that it's sounds out there on the awful. How <laughs> can I watch it? <laughs> I know it's yeah. every reality TV hook, right? That yeah. sounds terrible. Where can I watch it? Yeah, I mean you can see clips of it on it on YouTube, but you can actually let's just listen to the full thing where, um, yeah, I mean even just just. Hearing the context of what they're talking about, how they they're trying to converse with one another, and they're they're just talking in different tangents all the time. Uh. It's just mm-hmm. like it's just one one guy is just talking about gun, gun, government conspiracies, the other one is talking about anti-Semitism and, and a lot of uh, mm-hmm. and how how he thinks 
Hitler, Hitler was a was a good person and all that. It's just oh, <laughs> it's a it's a train wreck, man. But uh, yeah, sounds pretty rough, man. If you have, if that's you have your three thing. hours. <laughs> yeah, that's my shook thing. <laughs> that's it. Okay. If you that's have three nice. hours, yeah. If you have three hours to spare, and then you just want to see <laughs> the crazy situation that this world is in, that's something to check out. Kanye West on Infowars. But yeah, cool, cool, cool. Right. Thanks. Thank you so much, Rishi, for doing this. This was awesome. And uh, just want to shout out where where on the social media can people find you? Hey, yeah. Thanks a lot for uh, tuning in, guys. I really appreciate it. Uh, you can find me on uh, at Rishi Budrani, TikTok, mm. Instagram, Facebook. Uh, Budrani is B-U-D-H-R-A-N-I. Mm. And of course, keep supporting uh, the Ministry of Funny, man. They're constantly pushing the boundaries to do new and exciting stuff. Yeah, can't wait to see what they, what you guys come up with next, man. Well, fantastic. Uh, likewise, same for us. All right, yeah. thank you, everybody. Have a great day.